Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me, my friends. I'm so glad you've taken time to listen to this episode. And hey, uh, thanks for leaving some reviews and uh, sending comments uh, our way because we appreciate those and we read them um, and we appreciate them very much. It also, the reviews just help us get the word out more about our little podcast. So thanks for taking time to do that. If you have a moment, we'd love for you to take some and share some thoughts. Also want to say thank you to our podcast episode sponsor of the sundayschool.store. Now, if you haven't heard about this website, I want to tell you, you got to check it out. They've got so many resources, both free, paid, uh, just amazing, amazing things. Solid, biblical, relevant content for any size church. So go check them out, the sundayschool.store. And I got to say thank you for your financial support of the KMC podcast. We appreciate you very, very much. So go check them out, my friends. Tell them Tom sent you. We'd love for you to support them as they support us. Now, my guest today, um, it's again an honor. Um, We're kind of going to be going through a series. Those of you who've been regular listeners, you know, I got a chance to go to the Children's Pastors Conference, my number one conference uh, for all children's ministry stuff. Over the the week there, uh, I got to meet a lot of great resource providers uh, in the kid ministry world and family ministry world. And one of the, the the people that I got to meet at CPC was Laura Deacon, but she leads a ministry that I had never heard of, and I, I love meeting new people with new ministries called The Adapted Word, and it's got some amazing wisdom and resources that are really going to help every leader take God's Word to those with special needs, and I just got to say, this was really cool, and we had a good time talking outside the Resource Center before it opened one morning. And I got to meet Laura and her husband and uh, hear about their ministry. So I wanted to bring her ministry to the KMC community. Um, And she is part of the the Facebook group now. So you can interact and ask questions. She would be glad to contribute uh, and help with that. So welcome to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast, Laura. It's great to have you on. Thank you. It was so nice to meet you. And then I'm excited to reconnect with you. So tell us a little bit about who you are and where you are, where you're from. Okay, so yes, my last name is Deacon, like Church Deacon, but spelled differently. Um, you are going to hear my twang. I'm from Central Texas. I live there with my husband. I have two adult children and a dog. I am a lifelong Texan, and yes, Central Texas is my favorite area, so I get to live where I love. Nice. That is nice. I love it. Now I've got to get down to Texas. Um, I've got a lot of good friends and I got to try the barbecue and the steaks. Um, so it's calling yes. my name. <laughs> yes. And we're not very far from the silas from fixer uppers. So. Oh, there we go. And my wife would definitely want to, yeah, we've got a bucket list trip for that one. So that's going to happen eventually for sure. 
Um, helps when you're a travel agent on the side. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I got to make that happen. I have no excuses <laughs> booking my own stuff. So anyway, well, Laura, it's great to have you. And uh, I'm looking forward to our discussion about special needs ministries and, and helping people get into the word of God in a, in a better way. And uh, I would love to know, we always start our podcast off with a why question. So here's your why question for you is why, why is special needs ministry so important to you? Why, why did you get in and start? Well, we'll talk more about the adapted word. So why is it so personal for you? Why did you get into it? Yes. Well, I was a speech language pathologist that's SLP and I worked in the schools for 28 years. I just retired in May when my younger daughter, um, went to college, my husband decided that we needed to volunteer. And I had volunteered at church, but never in special needs ministry because, huh? you know, speech therapy was my day job. <laughs> and surely I needed right. to learn at church, but special needs ministry was where the greatest need for volunteers was. So we started doing that. Um, I fell in love with the whole concept on the very first day um, there, it was just a day of transition. Some of this, the children who had been in special needs ministry were at the high functioning levels of their diagnosis. They understood verbal lessons. They asked deep questions, but they were moving to the middle school and we got in some younger kids who had more needs, who did not understand verbal lessons. They, um, they did not ask any questions about the story because they weren't understanding the story. Right. And on my first day there, the story was about Esther. And after the story, after none of the kids had really paid attention, I was working with one little girl and she wanted to play with Legos. And I said, oh, well, let's make a castle for Esther because that's just what I do in speech therapy. Yeah. And the other volunteers said, oh my gosh, how did you do that? Can you teach us how to do that? <laughs> and it was, so God was really good on that very first day. I realized that, you know, he had really set me up in my skills to be able to contribute more than just the speech therapy I was doing, but also contributed at the church. So oh. It started that um, my why is so that I can give people practical tips and resources so that we reach all children with the gospel. There we go. Because all are valuable. All are created in the image of God. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> I love it. All means all. That's all all means, right? So if, exactly. if God says go and preach the gospel to all then that means everybody. Um, yes. I love it. I love it. I love how your vocation and a calling all of a sudden collided together and how God used your vocation <laughs> and that those giftings to then intersect into the church and make something even better. Um, that's, that's a cool story. Um, I love it. I love it. Yes. And I've always loved being a speech therapist, but this, um, this intersection, it came in a time in my life when all of a sudden I felt more meaningful yeah. and, um, yeah, that was all God. 
<laughs> I love it because you know, he does. He always brings such, you know, when we commit and we say, I'm going to use everything you've given me for your glory. It's amazing what he does with that and mm-hmm. how he, you know, you get such fulfillment out of, of being a part of something like that. Um, that's part of why we always talk about getting people to serve in the right places um, because they won't want to quit. They love doing it. It becomes a passion work. Um, and yeah, I think that's very cool. I can see why, why, uh, God led you into to even creating the adapted word. Um, now I know what it is, but our listeners don't know what that is. So tell us about what adapted word ministry is all about and what do you do with it? Sure. So, um, as I said, I'm a speech therapist and I had a group of friends who were SLPs and, um, and I sold products for speech therapy. And um, as I started working more with the church, I started creating some products for the church. And this one friend just happened to be very encouraging. And she said, Laura, you just need to go more in this field. And I said, well, I really don't know how to. I think I'm fine where I am right now. And she just kept after me. And she she talked to me one day and she said, I have a name for your new business. And I went, I'm not doing a new business. And she said, but I have a name and it's called the adapted word. And I just thought that was perfect. And so that was kind of the start of it. But yes, adapting is um, definitely not replacing the Bible. The Bible is at the core of everything that I do. It's just recognizing that some children don't understand the Bible. You know, if we're reading uh, straight from the Bible, those are some very hard words and concepts. Yes. Yes. And all, also when people are reading from the Bible, they're looking at the Bible because it's hard language for adults. So they're not making that connection with the children. And right. they're often speaking in a monotone. So that's not going to engage kids. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, we can still... I always teach with the Bible and have it open, but we can say things like, oh, I read this in the Bible. The Bible tells us this and adapt the language where children can understand. Like we don't need the whole um, ancestry of Noah. You know, we can focus (laughs) on God love Noah and make that the main concept. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, um, so the adapted word, um, Basically, um, the volunteers, after they said, can you teach me how to do that? I came up with a few things, and this was over a period of nine months. So I would take things into Sunday school, and the volunteers didn't know what to do with it. I just kind of thought, (laughs) oh, I know how to do this. Everybody else does. The volunteers didn't know what to do with it. So, for example, if I took a Play-Doh mat, and it had... A flower for days of creation they're like oh we made the flower and i was thinking well why didn't you talk about god made the flower you know yeah. why we need to get that concept in so what i realized is that volunteers are have super super loving hearts they really want to do what's best but they don't always have the knowledge so then i started writing instructions so as the child's making the Play-Doh flower, 
the volunteer can be asking questions like who made the flower? What kind of flower do you like? Where do you see flowers? And extending that knowledge. So everything that I make is tried out by volunteers and children at my church before I post it. Love it. I love it. So it's been field tested and kid approved. Oh, and volunteer approved. <laughs> and volunteer approved. Yes. Yeah. And it's amazing how many volunteers, and I'll say even kids, pastors, um, full-time, part-time, doesn't matter. How many of us really start to get very nervous? We get butterflies in the pit of our stomach when a special needs family walks in because so many of us are not equipped to handle this. Um, yeah. True confession. I think I might have even told you this a little bit, but if I haven't, I'm going to tell it anyway, is that I remember as a young youth uh, children's pastor um, that I worked in a church where we had families that came to our, our children's ministry. And my heart was to serve everybody, but I didn't know how. Um, I knew that I was going to have to change things and adapt things. I love that word. Um, but I didn't know how. Um, that was something that, that, that college and seminary didn't teach me, unfortunately. I think some of this ought to be taught. Um, uh, I think even senior pastors need to learn some of this stuff because sometimes they don't even talk in a language that anybody understands. Um, but I think this, this area of, of special needs and learning to adapt and include is an area that still is, we're just, we're not doing it well enough. Um, and I remember having to really research my area and find, because I, I did have a couple of friends that I knew that were in special needs ministries and we're doing a lot of training and I was talking to them and, and they're like, look, if you don't have something set up, be very careful what you do do, <laughs> because you can, you can cause harm when you're not prepared well enough. And so you want to be a resource. If you can't physically handle everything, then be a resource for that family. And so I started learning about resources in my area. I learned about churches that were doing special needs ministry really well and even told my pastor, look, I'm going to be telling people to go to another church <laughs> because they know how to do this better. And we're going to get trained and we're going to do this eventually, but we're going to get it done right. Um, because I, I don't even think our church knew why we should do this. And so that was kind of my next question is why should a church have special needs ministry and learn to adapt the scriptures to, 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 to all children, including special needs kids. I think you touched on a lot of that. First of all, all means all, <laughs> no matter <laughs> the translation, all means all. Um, in our society, one in six children has special needs. Mm. And I think we tend to think of special needs as Oh, that's a kid with autism spectrum disorder are, you know, they have very high medical needs and we're not equipped to deal with that. But right. there's so many needs right now. Um, we have children with anxiety. We, oh, that, yes. you know, you can't look at a kid and go, oh, they have anxiety. You yeah. know, we have kids who have lived through trauma. Um, we have families who, who need to be reached. Um, my focus yes. is on language disorders that um, we have, you know, if you've got even a small church with one in six kids having a special need, we yeah. have to learn to accommodate for those yes. kids. We have to change our thinking. My, um, one of my pain 
point is a family came to our church and they had two sons, both um, with severe medical needs, both in wheelchairs, and they weren't even able to come every Sunday. But I, I just love these parents. I love the kids too, but the parents were so good. And one day the mom had told us about the struggle that she had finding a church that they would go to churches and be told we're not equipped to take care of your children. Uh, I hated saying Um, that. (laughs) Yes. And, and, you know, she said, I wanted a church that would do more than accept my children. I wanted a church that would love on my children. And that just hit me. I mean, it's so powerful because I don't think that that's too unreasonable to expect Uh, at all. You know, she had trouble with churches accepting her children and her standard was higher than that. And her heart was in the right place. Um, You know, it's hard for families. They've been hurt by churches because they have been told we're not equipped to deal with your children. And, you know, and you get parents who come in and they try to do the drop and dash. Like if I just drop off my kid and dash off, then they won't know where I am and they have to take care of my kid. And that's not good either. So, you know, you definitely want a church that, you know, says, oh, we, you know, we worked with your kids. We, but we need to know more about your kids. What can you tell me about your children? Mm. How can we serve them? You know, these particular children, you know, they, um, we did not have to do any life skills. Like we didn't have to change their diapers. We did not have to do any personal hygiene. You know, we just were able to love on them while the parents went to the service. And I think if other churches had said, what can we do and realized that that's what they had to do, it would have been doable. Right. You know, that's, yeah. And and I I know that, you know, when I had to tell that first family, I'm, you know, you're, you're going to have, I had to have, have one of the parents stay with their kids um, for the first time that we, cause I said, we don't know you and, and we don't have anybody trained. So if, if you'll come and just sit with your child with, you know, we're going to learn, um, you know, I made that commitment because I, like I said, I hated it. It just tore me apart to have to say, well, we, we are not well equipped. Um, we're not well prepared for you yet. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, we made that commitment. We were going to dive in and figure it out. Um, and we did a bunch of research. I gathered a team and, uh, of some people who I felt like had a heart for this and, and we started digging in because we wanted to make sure we were ministering to all the kids. I like that. I'm going to keep harping on that because I think every person listening needs to say, okay, how are we ministering to all the children? So if a church doesn't have something, what can they start doing? Because everybody can start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so what can they do? And maybe even what should they consider ahead of time so that they are well-prepared um, or or at least, like you said, I don't. I think some of us don't even consider the idea of maybe there's some p- positive questions we should ask as we're checking kids in that don't shame a family, that don't make them feel ostracized. Um, so kind of help us think through that a little bit. Uh, I think this is going to get real practical for a lot of our listeners, which I love doing. Um, 
is this idea of oh, if we're going to start it, how do we do this? And what do we start with when they walk through the door? How, how do we engage them? And then what are some, a few things that any church, small, medium, large could do to, to minister to all the kids? Yes. And this, this advice can go for any of the churches, you know, any, any size church. Um, of course, in the ideal world, the parent or caregiver would call up the church and say, we're thinking about visiting. Let me tell you about my child. Yeah. And, you know, there would be trained volunteers lined up to welcome this family, but that does not happen. So the main thing is if you see a child walking in and you know they're coming in with their family and they're in a wheelchair or you know obviously you know something about this ch child indicates that they're going to have special needs so the big thing is you want somebody to walk over and say hello with a big smile so the worst thing you can do is have a couple of adults standing around looking worried and going, oh, yikes, what are we going to mm -hmm. do? You know, you need somebody who is really going, who's really extroverted, friendly, yep. warm to take the lead. You may have an adult in the background going, okay, like, what are we going to do? But you really want that lead person. Yeah, that first impression. Smile big, say hello, say we're so glad that you're here. Tell me about your child. You know, a lot of parents will, and caregivers will say, what do you have for special needs? And they don't really want to know that. They want to know what you have for their particular child. Yes. So if you respond back, well, tell me about your child. What parent and caregiver doesn't love talking about their child? <laughs> you know, and what parent and caregiver doesn't love it when somebody shows an interest in really loving their child so instead of giving a tour or saying well we don't really have anything i think the response of it tell me about your child that yeah. starts to make that connection and then you can start saying well we can provide this yes and sometimes it's accommodations you know yeah. like you may see a kid coming in in a wheelchair and go oh my gosh what are we going to do and that kid may have great cognitive skills and yep. they just need a ramp to get into the church. Yep. So, you know, making assumptions can be very dangerous. Yes. You know, they just may need access to get to children's ministry. Yeah. So um, I think just listening to parents and caregivers, what does your child need? They'll tell you and you can say, we can accommodate that. That's beautiful. I think, yeah, I mean, we had, we just, we even put one because yeah, sometimes it's not obvious of, right. of, of a need. And so on our intake form is that we had every family fill out was, is that we just put the simple question because I, I, and I got this from somebody who, who was really into special needs ministries yeah. and knew what they were talking about. Cause I had them look over my ministry. I wanted them to watch so we, they came in on a Sunday and I even had them watching how we did stuff. And one of the things that they were looking at was our, our registration form, our intake form. And they noticed that there was no place there for a parent to, to discreetly, um, but uh, 
feel safe of, of saying, here's what my child is struggling with, or here's how, here's what my child was born with or whatever. And so that, that she's a, just add that simple statement of, is there anything special that we need to know about your child? Mm-hmm. Um, just a simple question of what do we, what do we need to know about your kid? Um, every parent, <laughs> you know, every parent answered the question. It was funny um, and not funny, but it was, it was good that we learned stuff about kids um, because again, it helped us minister to every kid, but those that have a special needs were able to say, well, my child struggles with ADHD or um, sometimes they struggle with panic attacks or um, separation anxiety um, or whatever. You know, we learned about some of those kind of things that are hidden sometimes from us and it made us more aware. Um, and it also then allowed the person, and we always had, we finally found a couple people who had special needs backgrounds who were able to stand around our check-in area and they could be waved over and then they could ask more in-depth questions as they were checking the family and welcoming the family and escorting them to wherever we're going. So if the child needed a buddy, we had buddies prepared. Um, and eventually we were able to, even in our smaller church, create a buddy program where the families actually started communicating with the buddies when they were going to be there. And so we have, in fact, in the ministry that I'm serving right now, we have a little boy who, who struggles with the loudness in the room and some other things. And, um, he needs a buddy to be around to help him refocus sometimes. And so that family communicates with that buddy and they let him know when they're coming and there he's there to meet them. And man, that kid just lights up the room when he walks in and sees his buddy there and they go through the service, just like everybody else. He's just got that, you know, and I think just asking that simple question and being eager just communicates value to these families and helps them know they're loved and they're cared for. And even if you don't have everything, you can let them know you'll learn and you're willing to learn and you're willing to hear. Um, so I, I think any ministry, I appreciate how you shared that can, can do that. You know, I was looking over your website, um, and your Facebook page, and I saw you've got a lot of really neat little resources and ideas for churches. And so what are some things that churches could have on hand um, to help kids, especially like with sensory issues. Um, you know, I thought that was kind of cool. So I thought I'd like to highlight some of that. Okay, sure. So, you know, sensory needs are big. You don't even have to have special needs to have sensory needs. Like, you know, as adults, we may be clicking our pen or playing with a paper clip or something. So basically, um, the goal of sensory objects is to give sensory input to the child to um, keep their energy level where they're engaged, where they don't get overwhelmed or they don't fall asleep. But um, you can get kits on Amazon for less than $20. I got um, some of the poppets that kids love and I love them because they're quiet. And adults love them. Those are the best (laughs) fidgets ever. Um, I got some of those at Dollar Tree. I look at Target. So I think just having some simple things like that. Now, you know, if you have the squishy balls and you have kids coming and going, oh, I want a squishy ball. I think it's okay to let them try it. But if they're throwing it, if they're catching yep. it, whatever, 
it's not a fidget, it's a toy. Right. So, you know, nope. it's to help kids pay attention. So I think, you know, churches can definitely find those kits on Amazon and it can be very inexpensive. It can be as simple as, you know, the squishy balls playing with Play-Doh, um, having um, the Rubik's Cube, that kind of stuff. It yep. Where their hands are busy, it connects um, to their brains mm-hmm. but and helps them stay engaged. Yeah. So what are some other things that they might have, uh, you know, good resources to have around? Um, I found that very interesting, but, um, you know, because I found myself fidgeting a lot and <laughs> yes, stuff. we all do. I have some of that kind of stuff in my, uh, my office, um, that yeah. I play around with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I even have a stone, um, that says strength on it that sometimes I'm just holding for, you no. Know, just, I just grab it and it's just, I don't know. I just do it. Um, so yeah, I think everybody needs some of those kind of things sometimes, but but what are some other resources or things that, uh, that a a ministry should think about and have on hand? I think people think about, oh, I have to have, you know, this multi-thousand sensory room (laughs) to have a special needs ministry. And you don't have to have that. If you can have it, great, but you don't have to. I think, you know, people need to start looking at the kids that they do have. And I love the question of, tell me about your child. You know, on our intake forms, it doesn't even ask for the diagnosis because that's just a starting point. So if we really believe that everybody's wonderful and uniquely made, you know, you can say my child has autism. But what does that mean? If you see right. one child with autism, you see one child with autism. If you see one child with Down syndrome, you see one child with Down syndrome. And so I love that question of what does your child need? So my advice is to start out with the kids that you do have. Start out with some of these fidgets. Um, I think you need to have some language strategies too, because this is my speech therapy background mm-hmm. coming out. Yeah. Sure. Um, you, if you have a child who does not talk a lot, then you want to keep your calm, your tone very calm. You want to be speaking less than the child, which is very hard for us because when there's silence, we like to fill it up with words. Yes, we do. And that can overwhelm some kids. So sometimes just letting the child know that they're welcome. You know, maybe they want to play with Legos and you sit down and you start your own Lego structure next to them, you know, just that accommodation starts building those relationships and then you can build up to working together. And it might not happen on that Sunday. It might be over a series of times that you see that kid. So I think the qualities of being patient, you know, being able to, to tone down the language, um, that that's a free strategy you don't even have to put that in the budget line, you know, just being able to be with the children and they'll tell you what they need. That's a really important strategy to have. Okay. So there's things that all of us can do regardless of how, you know, it doesn't take a budget. You're right. Having a quiet space in the corner of a room where a child can put on some noise canceling headphones and, and, uh, Oh, and headphones. That's a good thing to have. Yep. 
Yeah. yeah, we learned that in our our ministry, even the one I'm volunteering in, is we've got a couple of pairs just sitting around that that can mm-hmm. be cleaned easily, and and yes. we have a couple of kids because yeah, during the music, the worship time, it gets loud. It um, does, and it can be very overwhelming. Yes, yes, and we didn't realize that there was one little boy who I, I had no idea because I hadn't been in the room that long, and I noticed when the music played, he bolted to the back of the room and kind of squeezed himself between the, the have room dividers that are tucked away. He squeezed himself in between there because the music just startled him. And well, we learned that Sunday, we needed to talk to his family and find out what was going on. Well, then as we started asking questions and we're like, Oh, so if we had some noise canceling headphones, that would help. Oh yeah. He'll wear them. He'll love it. And so when the music starts, he pops those on when it's Mm -hmm. all, when it's done, he pops them back off. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, so it's just simple things like that, especially if you ask them, tell me about your child. I love that. That's a great question to put on your intake, um, and to have on hand, um, is just simple little things like that. Yeah. We have a, a beanbag chair and a blanket, a weighted blanket, you know, just some simple things like that around. So if a child needs that to dim the lights is important too. Uh um, maybe it's, you know, if you don't have a light dimmer, you can still bring in a lamp, like yes. turn off the lights and just dim the lights. Sometimes that will help kids be less overwhelmed. Yep. It will yep. help calm them down. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of good things that we can do. So if if somebody wants to learn more um, and better equip themselves for, for some things that they can do, what what are some things that you would suggest? So there are a lot of ministries out there. Um, I like your approach of checking with area churches, seeing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, you know, key ministry, Nathaniel's Hope Ministries, they have some very good suggestions for that. And of course, my ministry, the adapted <laughs> word, I focus more on the yeah. language. I do have a website and I have a blog that gives you practical language suggestions. So yeah. I think there are um, there are several ministries out there. It's interesting in special needs ministry that um, the ones, the people who I've met are so willing to serve. They're so good hearted yes. and we all do different things. So there's so much to go into special needs ministry that you do need resources to know what to do. Right. Because it isn't one size fits all. Um, It really isn't. And so, yeah, uh, those are some great ministries. Um, We've had folks from Key Ministry on. Uh, Marie's going to be coming on from Nathaniel's uh, she's on the, the, the list, uh, from CPC, uh, that she we're was one to... of the first people I met <laughs> and she has been so encouraging and supportive. Yes. Yeah. I went to one of her breakouts, um, a number of years ago. That's how I started to learn about the buddy system things yes. and creating a buddy ministry. I had never thought of that before. Um, yes. and I'm like, well, this is easy. We can do this. And, and we had teenagers who were going to go into special needs minute, you know, education, um, that this was great training for them, um, before they went to school. Um, we had special needs teachers, um, that served in schools or, uh, in different places that, um, provided respite care. 
So there was all sorts of people that it's amazing. If you start asking, um, there are plenty of people to do something in any size church. I don't care if you're a church of 50 or 5,000. Um, there are people there that you can, you just got to learn, but you really should check out. If you haven't checked out the adaptedword.com, you need to go do that. It's going to be in the show notes. Um, there's also, she also have a Facebook group, um, which is great. Um, so that people can go join that Facebook group and, and engage with others. Um, and so, um, you know, and you've created a number of resources as well. So you've got a little storefront where people can go and pick up. Um, I saw a really cool creation um, thing that I thought, oh, wow, um, I could teach that for my whole group because um, <laughs> it, it's a visual and I'm a visual learner. So um, for me, that's that was really cool. <laughs> yes. And I, yes, adapted books for my first product um, just because, you know, you can summarize what the Bible says, but it gives the kids a hands-on activity and a visual and so it helps them stay engaged and pay attention um actually one of the first kids i used that with he moved away but his mother was at cpc as an attendee and he's now older and he's now able to go into worship with his family and you know that was something he could not do when i yeah. knew him wow. but you know, we provided the bean bags, the crash pads for him and stuff. And we would read him these stories and stuff. And I just have a special place in my heart for that yeah. family. That's and awesome. I, I teared up when she told me he was going <laughs> to service with them now. Yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. But you've had a great impact. Um, that's, that's fabulous. Well, well, Laura, thanks. Thanks for making time um, to share your ministry and your passion. I hope this inspires and encourages people, um, regardless again of what church size you are, what budget you have, that everybody can do something because all matter. Um, and, and I think that's, that's what you've communicated very clearly today. Um, and that, that God's adapted word to a child is powerful and living and breathing too. So, um, that's very cool. So thank you. We're going to put, uh, your email, uh, and your website and all that in the show notes. Um, so people can, can check it out, uh, again, go join our Facebook group, uh, and, and, uh, check that out as well. Um, or the page and, uh, the website as well. We've got lots of blog, follow subscribe to it, all that good stuff. Let's, let's blow up her list or her email list with KMC listeners. So go, go check that out. So thanks again for, for being a part of the podcast yeah. today. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, that's it, my friends, uh, for this episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We thank you so much for your support and encouragement. Thanks for feedback. Uh, if the, you have somebody that you would love to hear us interview and share with or a resource uh, that uh, would like to come on the episode or even sponsor an episode, just let us know. We're happy to talk to them and uh, get them on the, the podcast. We've got some great episodes coming up with some fabulous guests and some great resources. But again, remember that all matter. So you matter. And if there's anything I can do for you, uh, my friends, just reach out, um, message me. I would be glad to uh, minister and serve you in any way, shape, or form. So thanks again for listening to this episode and join me again for another one real soon.
Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills in ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.